0: And thanks for listening. My name is Eric Bonkowski. I'm one of the pastors here at City Church. And I think it was really appropriate that we just sang this song, Steadfast. Um, we were reminding ourselves that God is with us and God is true to his character. And we can look back at the year just past and see all the ways that he's been faithful to us. And we also look forward to 2024 and claim this promise of God's steadfastness. So for today's message, we have a a guest preacher, a friend of mine named Jacob Jackson. Jacob, you can come on up here. Jacob and his family are members here at City Church, and he is in a process of coming under care of our presbytery, which is kind of our regional church, um, as he pursues um, becoming a pastor within the Presbyterian denomination. So I look forward to hearing from, from him, and I'm sure you all will benefit as well from him bringing us God's word today.
1: Thanks, Eric. I'm delighted to uh, have the opportunity to uh, bring the word. Uh, And I want to say thank you on behalf of my family. Uh, City Church has truly been a refuge for us in a time of transition and turmoil, and we have been loved uh, so well uh, by this body of Christ. And so I'm I'm very grateful for you, uh, City Church. And so this afternoon, as you and I uh, stand once again in a familiar place at the precipice of a new year, I think that our, our text this morning is is really relevant to us. Um, for the past month leading up uh, to Christmas, Pastor Eric and, and Pastor Harrison have been reminding us Sunday by Sunday that God is with us. He's not a, a far and a distant God. Christmas reminds us that he is an up-close and a personal God. And so today we're going to continue in that truth as we see that God is with us as he's leading us. And we're going to continue to see him do that through 2024. So our text is Exodus 13, 17 through 22. Just give you a little bit of background on this. The Israelites are leaving in mass from Egypt for 400 years. They've been living in the land of Egypt, and most of that as slaves. And as we see them leading Egypt, church, who is leading them? It's God. God Himself is leading his people and this is really great news for you and i this morning because friends god never changes amen he's the same yesterday and today and tomorrow the same god who delighted in his people in exodus 13 is the same god who delights in his people today his people from city church the same God who leads his people in Exodus 13 is the same God who is leading us into 2024. And as, as a people, as humanity, how many of you know this, this afternoon that we are still a people desperately in need of God leading us? I know that. I know you know that. So here's my goal today. I, I want you and I to leave with a greater trust in the God who leads us and a greater desire to be led by him. And so towards this goal, we're going to see four passages, uh, or four truths in our passage about God's leadership. But let's let's first read the passage. If you have your Bible, I invite you to open up to Exodus 13. If you don't, it's there in the worship guide as well. Um, Let's read the word of God together. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea, and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry my bones up with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So number one, as we jump into our text, this first truth I want you and I to see as we look at verse 17 again is God leads us knowing us. Verse 17 says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, it was close. For God said, Lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. When when Israel left Egypt, they knew their destination about where they were going. God told Moses in Exodus 3 that he was going to take the people out of Egypt into Canaan. And Moses tells the elders of Israel, and so as they're marching out of Egypt, they have a kind of clear idea as to where they're heading. But verse 17 of our passage tells us that God leads his people out of Egypt, and he doesn't take them on the straightest path. If you look at a map, the quickest way from Egypt over to the land of Canaan is to follow the coastline and to march straight through the territory of the Philistines. So what's going on here? Is God a bad navigator, right? Does he not know the shortest route from Egypt to Canaan? Surely not. The one who invented the east and the west, he knows what direction to move in, right? Friends, our text tells us God does not lead them on the most obvious path because he fully knows the hearts of those that he's leading. And this truth is great news for you and I as we seek to enter into 2024 faithfully following God. We all want that, right? (laughs) Like there's no Christian who made a resolution, as Tom was talking about, to be less faithful to the Lord this year amen like that's not what we're doing we want to follow him and maybe you're here as a visitor maybe you're not even a a Christian today but you are seeking God you know that life with you at the helm has not been going so well this truth is good news for you too listen God knows you God knows you and God knows me better than we do He knows us fully. God knows you in ways that would surprise you. Have have you ever done something and you were surprised by your own actions or feelings? Anybody? Just me? Okay, thanks. appreciate that. Listen, guess what? God wasn't surprised because he knows you. He knows you through and through. He created you. He knows every hair on your head. And this should be comforting to us because God doesn't lead us hoping that his plans for us are best. He doesn't lead us down a path not knowing whether or not it will fit us. Every plan God makes for you and I is tailored to us. He knows us. Now here's the catch. You and I are not omniscient, right? We're not all-knowing like God is. And, and if we're honest, oftentimes we'll look at the path that God has set us on and we kind of scratch our heads. And we ask, God, are you sure? Really? You want me to, to go this way? God, I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but do you know what you're doing? Are you sure this is right? God, shouldn't we go the obvious way? Shouldn't we go the easy way? Israel, shouldn't we go through Philistia? It's, it's right over there. Let me encourage you, church. When it seems like the route forward in your life doesn't make sense, trust God. God sees what we don't, and he knows you, and he knows the path that you need. Listen, this is really important. He knows the path that you need, not for you to be most comfortable, but for his plans to be accomplished in your life and in your heart. Sometimes what seems like the easy and the obvious way is actually the path that will at best lead you and I to rely on ourselves. And at worst, It can be a path that could destroy us. Years ago, Vickery and I, my wife, when we only had two young sons, um, we built a house. We had decided, emphasis on the we, that with a family growing, the next step for us was to obviously build a home and to settle down right outside Wilmington, North Carolina. And so we went and we got approved for a loan and we started working with a builder to build our home and we picked out the lot like on the back end, so we didn't have a whole lot of neighbors. And uh, the layout, we picked the layout, we picked the colors, we picked the materials for their home, and we visited the job site frequently and we took pictures and we probably bothered the builders a lot uh, to take progress uh, of what was happening. And while the house was being built, we moved into uh, an apartment with an older couple from our church in their two-bedroom apartment with our two kids and our cat. And we were looking forward to the house being finished. And then came the time when the house was actually finished. It was ready to be moved into. And when it came time to sign the paperwork, our realtor called us and said, Hey, sorry, you're not actually approved for the loan. There had been a mistake, she said and calculating our debt-to-income ratio as it related to our student loans and, and that we were not going to get this house, uh, and there was nothing we could do. You probably won't be surprised that Vickery and I were very confused. We were upset. We were heartbroken. What could be more obvious than giving us the house that we had prayed for and that we had custom-built? God Why won't you let us walk down this path? About a year later, it was very clear to us, as we were moving to Wake Forest, North Carolina to start seminary, that God had kept us from planting roots down because he wanted to move us. And his plan was much better for our lives, church. God led our family on a path that wasn't obvious, but it was right for us because he knows us. In our passage, God knew that if he took Israel through Philistia and they saw war, that they would return to Egypt. God knew that owning a house for us during that time in our life wasn't right for us. So let me encourage you, when the path before you doesn't make sense, as it is bound to happen sometime this year, know that you are loved and cared for, and you are led by a God that can see the full picture of who you are and what he's doing. That's good news, isn't it, church? God leads us, knowing us. And the second truth in our text, we look at the first part of verse 18. It says in verse 18, uh, but God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Here's the second truth. God leads us, knowing us fully, And God leads us knowing himself. That might sound obvious. But if you aren't familiar with this story of God's people in Exodus, let me give you a spoiler alert. Going towards the Red Sea turns out to be a death sentence from man's perspective. Fast forward a bit in the story, and Pharaoh is pursuing Israel with all of his army. At their backs is the Red Sea, which promises death by drowning, and at their front is this massive army bearing down on them, intending to do them harm and intending to enslave them again. This leads the people of Israel in this situation. Though they have seen God miraculously Deliver them from Egypt. Though they are literally being led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, this leads them to say in Exodus 14, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? They're talking to the Lord. What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt, they say? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness and we can't really judge the reaction can we because if we're honest you and I have responded in similar ways when we've been put between a rock and a hard place and so I know you have because the human heart doesn't change we too quickly question the goodness of our God when circumstances seem grim. And I, I don't, listen, I don't want to be naive. This world is full of sorrow, isn't it? Truly hard situations fall on God's beloved people all the time. Much worse than losing a home. Maybe, maybe you haven't been here in this place that we're talking about. Where it, it seems and it feels like death is bearing down on you. Where it seems like you don't have options But friends, at some point in your life, the odds are you'll probably find yourself there or very closely connected to someone you love that's there. Because we live in a fallen world. It's not what it should be and we all get touched by it. But I want you to take comfort in knowing that if you're in that place now or you're fearful thinking about the fact that it might come, that God doesn't for a second stop being sovereign when life gets hard. He is always sovereign God. His power, friends, doesn't wax and wane with whether or not the situation is hard. How good is that? Our God is good. He knows what he's going to do with that situation. He, He was the one who led Israel into this situation with their backs against the wall. He led them there knowing himself and what he was going to do. In Genesis 37, Joseph is is sold into slavery by his brothers. If You know this story. He finds himself in a pit. He's betrayed by jealous brothers. He's sold into slavery. He's wrongfully accused. He's imprisoned. And then later, he's exalted to authority in Egypt, and God uses him to save Israel from famine. In, In fact... Israel exiting Egyptian bondage in our passage now is because God gave them rescue by Egypt through Joseph earlier. Israel's path to the Red Sea didn't just happen. It began hundreds of years prior by the sovereign hand of an all-powerful, good God. So what does this mean for you and I in these situations? Friends, it means that when it feels like God has abandoned us. From our perspective, when it it seems like we're all alone in the hard places, friends, we aren't. Don't for a second, in, in the coming year, now, believe the lie of the enemy that your God has forsaken you because he has not. This is the promise of the gospel. That you are God's. If you belong to Jesus, if you've placed your trust in him, he's forgiven you of, of your sins. By the precious blood of Jesus, you belong to God. You are his and he is yours and he will never forsake or leave you. We look no further than the the cross of Jesus Christ to see that, to know that he won't leave us. He who died to make you his, that he might lavish his love on you, has not and will not abandon you in the direst of circumstances. Sometimes being led by God and following God's lead means we will find ourselves in a hard circumstance. That's, That's just true, church. I have a friend named Tony He just died after a long battle with sickle cell anemia. And we prayed for his healing. We've been praying for him for years. And it came. He is healed now. He is with the Lord. He's healed. But he left behind his wife, Candace, and and their six-year-old son, Isaiah. And God's not surprised by this. He's not wringing his hands trying to figure out what he's going to do. I don't know what God is doing in that. I I, I don't. I'm sure for Candace and Isaiah, it feels like a Red Sea moment in their lives. I'm sure that the enemy who who hates God and hates his people is trying to lie to them about the character of their God. But nonetheless, the truth is that God has not left them. His, His love for them has not waned even a little. And the safest place for them and us when our back is against the wall, church, is to cling to the goodness of the one who has died for us and brought us to life by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In this new year, let's remind ourselves and each other, especially all the time, but especially in hard times, that God fully knows us and he knows what he's going to do. We can take comfort in that truth, church. As we continue... In verse 18, we see also this, that God leading us means we can be confident in our going. Let's keep reading verse 18. So it says, But God led the people around by way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the second part of verse 18 says, And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Okay. Now the fact that our our God leads sovereignly and omnisciently, should give us confidence as we seek to be those who walk in his ways. The rest of verse 18 tells us that Israel left Egypt equipped for battle. They were ready for a fight. Now, if you're pausing here, I, I think it's because you're reading carefully. You and I know already they weren't ready for a fight. God already said it. The beginning of our passage gives us God's perspective. They're not ready, okay? They're not ready to go and see war. But here in the second part of verse 18, we're seeing Israel's perspective. Israel is coming out of Egypt, coming out of God, showing himself to be the one true God, miracle after miracle, watching God take his people out of a powerful nation. They're literally carrying the treasures of the Egyptians with them as they go, okay? they're feeling very confident. We're ready. We're ready for a battle, they're saying. And it almost makes Israel seem a little silly, but I don't, I don't want us to miss something here. Friends, I don't think their confidence is misplaced. They have seen their God move, and so they come out of Egypt ready to do battle with God leading them. Friends, that you and I would face 2024 with that same kind of confidence. To quote the Apostle Paul in Romans 8:31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So what's the application here? It doesn't mean diving headfirst into everything we do confidently, hoping that God will catch us. If Israel had ignored God and tried to march through the land of the Philistines, that would have been foolishness, not confidence. Ignoring God is not confidence. But here's how I think we can carefully apply this. We should have full confidence, bold confidence, as we endeavor to do the things that God has called us to do. Amen? There's a difference there. If God calls you to do it, if you're reading it in the Word, do it do it confidently. Share your faith this year in 2024 confidently. Confidently seek God in the scriptures knowing that he is there to be found because he says he is. Fight your sin confidently. Be generous with your time and your resources confidently. Where God has called you to go church, you can go with full confidence. If God says to do it, then friends, let us do it boldly. Amen? Now, I'm an old Baptist pastor, so when I say amen, you kind of got to say something back, all right? Or I'm going to make this a really long sermon, all right? As we embark on this new year, let it be said of us, man, those city church folks are confident in their faith because they know the God who leads them. They've told us about him. Verse 19 of our text gives us an example of this kind of confidence as we keep reading in the passage. It says, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. It's like 400 years later almost. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you. And you shall carry up my bones with you from here. How confident was Joseph that God would visit his people? Confident enough to say, take me with you. Friends, if God said it, then he'll do it. Every day single time and that is really good news for us as we enter into a new year if god calls us to do it let us do it confidently because we trust our god amen thank you lastly listen fourth truth our passage shows us as we read through verses 20 through 21 is this god helps us to follow him as he leads us It says, and they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Here again, we see another picture of God's love for his people. We see how good it is to be led by our God. As the people are marching into the unknown, God is giving them obvious help. Friends, that's the best kind of help. Obvious help. He's giving them obvious direction. During the day, a pillar of cloud goes before them. Where it goes, they go. And when the night falls, they're not left to stumble in the darkness. A pillar of cloud becomes a flame, and God continues to guide his people into the darkness of the night. Here's the truth again. God, in his kindness, gives his people obvious help. And he's doing the same for you and I. It's the pattern of God with his people from the very beginning. God has always been kind to give his people physical signs for their good, to help them in their faith. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, it was God's kindness to put a flaming sword in front of the garden that they wouldn't enter in and be destroyed again. The rainbow after the flood is God's kindness to all people to remind them that the flood would never again take the whole earth over The Ten Commandments, written by the finger of God for Israel, was kindness from God to them. The incarnation of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God physically with us, the cross of Christ, the empty tomb, the sacraments, baptism, Lord's Supper that we're going to take today. These are God's kindness to his people, obvious helps to our faith. Over and over and over again, God shows himself to be a God who not only leads his people, but helps them follow his lead. I need that. Do you? This is good. It's good that God does this for us. Because as we've already seen, sometimes the path that God sets us on is not easy to follow. But we don't have to worry because God is helping his people follow him now the obvious help that the israelites received from god in our passes was a pillar of god's own presence All right. and maybe this afternoon you're thinking i oh, must be nice <laughs> maybe you're in a situation you don't know what to do and you're i wish god would give me such obvious help for my life god where's my pillar of cloud and where's my pillar of fire you know i don't know what to do here You know I don't know where to go. But friends, let me remind you. Don't you know this morning that you and I have something so much better than supernatural weather? Listen to Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and it discerns the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Church, you and I have the supernatural word of God. Amen? That's good news. In every literal sense, your Bible contains the words of God. The God who created all things, the God to whom all worship is due, the God who, who speaks and creation moves, we have his words. We have his instruction. We see His character. We have His help. And and it gets better, not only that, but through God the Holy Spirit, He helps us to understand it and to apply it. And He gives us His Word and His church and He helps us follow Him. This is really good news. Let us not enter into 2024 used to the fact that we have the Word of God. It is obvious help. I'd rather have this than a cloud. It's better. So don't don't enter into 2024 thinking you don't have help. You do. It's right here. So as we go into this new year, as we close, I hope God's word this morning in Exodus has started to stir in you a reminder that our God is a good God. And we can trust him. And we can desire to be led by him because it's it's not going to let us down. I want to encourage you this morning with one last thing as we close. I just want to ask you uh, this question. As, As we think about the fact that God knows us fully, that he knows what he's going to do and what's coming down the pipeline of our life, as we know that we can have confidence following our God boldly in all that he's called us to do, and we know that he gives us his very word and his spirit to help us understand and apply it, here's the question for us before I pray. What would it look like for you to apply these truths in your life? What's one step that you can take and say in 2024, this is how I'm going to move forward, knowing that my God is for me and he leads me in his love? Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for you. And we are grateful for your word. Thank you for this sweet season of Christmas that has shown us that God is with us. We are grateful for the gospel. And we are grateful for the church. As we go into this new year, Lord, help us to be a people who trusts our God deeper and further. Use us mightily for your glory, Lord. This is our prayer. We love you. Amen.